Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, you know, health is a big part of it. I think we got pretty beat up last year, um, especially on defense, and that made it tough. I think that, you know, if we can stay healthy and keep guys out there, I think that that really helps, and and, uh, that is um, something you're kind of week to week trying to to figure out. But, uh, um, you know, I believe we have a lot of the same players that were here last year, and I think experience should, you know, help and make you a, a, a better team, more savvy team, more veteran team, and um, I believe that can help us down the stretch. Uh, there he is, Mr. Game-Winning Drive. Eh, you're not going to get him every week. We're going to give him a pass, okay? At least I am. Uh, Judd always hyper-criticizes Kirk Cousins on this oh, yeah, show. Oh, yeah, big to give him a pass. Yep, let's give him all passes. Let's Mr. give everybody a pass. It's not my fault. They all try they all tried hard. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, boys. We got Doogie in the house from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Welcome, Dukes. Good morning, Phil. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. It is early. What time is it? It's 8.20 your time, Pacific Northwest, 10.20 our time. Have you gotten in, into any uh, Twitter arguments about Kirk Cousins so far today? Uh, it's been about three hours, actually, since I fought with anyone on Twitter. I'm trying to make it five. <laughs> I'm trying to make it two more hours here. Set my record. <laughs> uh, it's just classic. You know what, though? The question I've been getting a bunch of late, maybe it's driven by some of your back and forths, is how does Kellen Mond look? And, like, I haven't heard, you know, much on Mond. I mean, he's been the scout team quarterback in practice, you know, many times, right? Kyler Murray week, Lamar Jackson week. You know, so it's not like he's getting all, all these practice reps. So, like, to me – like, I don't see a scenario where Kellen Mond is ready to be this team's starting quarterback next year. Interesting. I, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he's got an entire offseason. You know, I mean, there's a ways to go. But based on the body of work we saw when he was available in training camp in the preseason, I just have a hard time believing next September that's your guy, unless you're ready to go all in on a rebuild. Now they have many guys on one-year contracts, so they can elect not to re-sign a lot of guys. They want to go that route, fine, so be it, because they've been stuck in middle purgatory, something we've talked about for a really long time. So they want to hit rock bottom at some point. You know, heck, I haven't looked at the 2023 draft quite yet, but maybe there is some stud at the very top, multiple studs. So if they want to hit the reset button, fine, so be it. But if the idea, and I think it will be, as long as the Wilfs are in charge, to compete next year, you know, regardless of who's in charge, you know, we can debate whether Mike Zimmer will be back, Rick Spielman, others. But as long as the Wilfs are in charge, I think the idea is to heavily compete 
You know, so I just I don't see a scenario with with that understanding where Kellen Mond is going to be ready to go in in nine months. The problem with Mond is who exactly is in charge of developing him, and beyond that, do you trust them? And well, I, I mean, Andrew Janoko is a good coach. Both, I mean, I, I think they like Janoko a lot. So yeah, I think but it's I mean, more Janoko than Clint Kubiak. Yeah, but he's but been, he but he's been so thrust much. into like emergency yeah. fix the current offense mode. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that, well, yeah, yeah. There's there is no way that Kellen Mond is being suffi- sufficiently developed right now. It might happen eventually, uh, but he's been mothballed. And so, yeah, I I don't think. I'm very curious to see who the next people in charge are going to be and what their thoughts on Mond are. I'll put it that way. Well, it could be Spielman. I mean, he has survived enough. Like, I'm just telling you, I mean, heck, you know, he's been going to a bunch of college games. I mean, he's acting. I get it. Until you're fired, you may as well work. But he's been acting as if he'll be back next year. So, you know, right now, as I sit here, you know, now it can go south pretty quick, you know, and I, I still think Mike Zimmer's, you know, slippery slope at best. But I'm just telling you, I can see a scenario where Spielman is back. Oh, I can, too. I, I'm i just saying there's there's starting to be what I would describe as low-level rumblings about intelligence from New Jersey being done on potential replacements at both GM and coach. So, I, well, I think they have to, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, so we just don't know. Low level rumblings. Low level rumblings about due diligence being done. How is that for a diplomatic way to say the Wilfs are the Wilfs appear to be considering their options uh, for potential replacements? Now, have you heard more along the lines of coaching rumblings, or is it about equal coaching and and GM? Because I would say maybe more so on my end, coaching rumblings. More so, more so on coaching, but due diligence is being done on both jobs, which I had never heard anything. Like, like as I've got my ear to the ground here, uh, like, like I'm the CIA, right? Like I'm looking for things, and I'm. I mean, and you I'm, are the former lead Vikings yeah. beat writer at the start yeah, of the so, so Don't downplay your But I'm trying abilities. to sort things out here. Like I, I'm on alert constantly. And and I can tell you right now that there have been some inquiries made internally about what about this, what about that, if Rick was to be fired or or step away. You never know. I mean, Answer me this, Judd. How do you have your ear to the ground when you're consuming all those surlies? Like, how <laughs> difficult is that? Um, I think it feels I got one word for you. Gifted. Yeah. yeah. See, see multi talented. Right. Buzzed. See, you've got McDavid, you've got Mahomes, you've got the greats. That's where I sort of fall into. Oh, that's the Zolgad. The, you are. Yeah. You are on yeah. the Mount Rushmore of, right. of beer drinkers. Yes. yes. I'm give I I'm gifted. So okay, along so let's let's keep going down here because so it sounds like you guys are both, you know, it's not shocking. An ownership group, if they aspire to win a championship, should be looking at the stalling out of this franchise with objectivity. Like, you should be doing due diligence if you want to win a championship on your GM, your coach, your quarterback. So, Doogie, my question to you is, up and down the organization, from any level, whether it's ownership, front office, players, coaches, just people in and around the organization, the last four years, the Vikings are 30-28-1, which, if you're the Lions or the Jets, you're looking at that and it's like, Hell yeah, we'd love that. If you're the Texans right now, you would love a 30-28-1 record over a three-and-a-half-year stretch. But 
if you're the Vikings and it's been 61 years, no Super Bowls, and it's been eight years of Mike Zimmer, and you've kind of come back down from your 13 and three NFC Championship game, you know, I I'm not in love with 30, 28 and one at this point in the proceedings. How do you think the organization feels about the last few years? Well, I mean, I don't think they're happy, Phil, with just one playoff victory over the last four years, right, or three-plus years. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about this, and I'll reiterate it, as long as, you know, the Wilfs are in charge and, you know, Mike and Rick are in place, that, you know, the expectations going all the way up to ownership entering this year were certainly higher than the seven seed. And even this morning, depending on what formula you trust, at best, you know, there's multiple out there that have been very reputable over the years, predicting, you know, at this point of the season, what your record is, your chances of making the playoffs. Where are the Vikings? Right around 55%. So they may not even make the playoffs, but I think there's a logical path, right? You beat Detroit, you beat Pittsburgh, you beat the Bears twice. I think nine and eight can get you that seven seed, but the expectations were not the seven seed, Phil, entering this year. They were way, way higher. Now, could they shock us? Could they win that first playoff game? Much like they did a couple years ago. Upset New Orleans in New Orleans? I guess they could, right? If you're the seven and you open up at two-seed Arizona or two-seed Tampa or two-seed Green Bay, could the Vikings win that game? I suppose they could win that game. Maybe that changes things. I think it did change things in 2019, something we've talked about often, or I guess it would have been, what, January of 2020, where the Vikings lose that game to New Orleans. It's hard not to wonder if Kevin Stefanski is right now this team's head coach. but expectations being what they were entering this year, they were much higher than nine and eight. Now I will say Mike Zimmer was on record multiple times, including in an on-camera conversation with my colleague, Joe Schmidt preseason saying he didn't really trust this roster beyond about 25 players. That depth was always a concern. And I think we're seeing that rear its ugly head, especially Last Sunday, looking at the defensive line, you know, and all the success the 49ers had running the ball, like Mike had these concerns. It's not like Mike is shocked that some of these backups maybe aren't that good. So Mike's reason, though, for for that, Mike is Mike uh, starting in camp was desperate to leave a, a paper trail. That was to blame Rick. Like this started in training camp. Um, and, and Mike made it very clear on things that there were other people to fault, which is his default for you're going to, you're going to fire me when it's Rick Spielman's fault. So, so like that, that is such a pass the buck comment of, you know, well, I mean, I didn't put the roster together. And and wouldn't Rick say, well, wait a a second, wait a second guy. I just gave you 38 young players through the draft the last three years. It's your job and your coach's jobs to develop these guys. Why is Ole Udo? struggling so badly, you know, a couple of years into this thing. Why, you know, I'm going to give you these offensive linemen to mold and to make actual NFL players out of. I'm going to give you depth defensive linemen, and it's your job to mold those guys. So I could, you know, I don't I don't know if those guys are having like a full frontal argument about it every single day, but when when jobs are on the line, I'm sure those are the two perspectives that are that are butting heads, right? Well, and I mean a number of free agents that Zim really wanted Rick said, okay, you want that guy? We'll go get that guy. Now, I will say, like, offensive line-wise, like, Ezra Cleveland, he's been really good. Brian O'Neill, about the best right tackle in football. So, you know, that's twofold, right? That's a credit to the front office, and it's a credit to the Vikings coaching staff for developing those guys. 
Um, any other Vikings things from from? Oh, you got some just some injury nuggets before we move on here. Yeah, Galvin's I mean, going to be out. We know right? Galvin. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why Zim said the other day, day to day. He's not day to day. I mean, best case scenario, he's back on December twentieth, the Monday night game in Chicago. But that's even tricky, right? Frozen surface, presumably a very cold night. You know, I mean, he's had shoulder issues going back some time. But yeah, I mean, Galvin's not day to day. Christian Derrissaw, I was told, short-term. Now, he may not play Sunday. I mean, you know, they walked through yesterday, but he was not going to be a practice participant yesterday. You know, we'll wait and see if he's made some progress today. But the ankle's pretty tender. But that is not some sort of long-term injury. You know, where it gets a little bit difficult is the short week, right? Like, if you can't play Sunday, all of a sudden, can you play on Thursday? Right. So that's where the Thursday night game, like I'm looking at tonight, New Orleans has a bunch of guys still out there. Maybe one or two of those guys, you know, Ram check and company, maybe one of those guys could have been back if the game was on Sunday. But with the short week next week, that makes it really, really difficult. I told Judd on Tuesday, I was told that the defense is decimated right now. And we saw there's like nine or 10 guys on the injury report, either limited yesterday, again, walk through. So it's presumed if they had a full practice but either that were limited or would not have participated. Nine or ten guys on defense are dealing with something right now. Mm. On Cook, I'm curious about what the threshold is going to be, and I guess the conversations as well among this team about him coming back. Uh, because because he's got – he's I mean, clear, clearly that ankle is still bad. Um, he's now hurt again, and – do they bring him back to say, yeah, you know, let's try to get to nine wins and get that seven seed? Or or do you say, well, if we make the playoffs, he might come back. But I wonder what the common sense discussion is is there. Because, you know, he, in my opinion, with with the ankle, has not looked the same since that got hurt. And at some point in time, I wonder if for his potential long-term future Dukes, if you're doing him more harm than good, it, if you just allow Mike to say, bring him back as soon as possible. I want him back. Um, it's not like this team is going to win 13 games. So like I, I could see some debate there internally and with Cook's reps as well about what the smart play is um, as, as opposed to, you know, the Bears game. Let's just get him back, which I think Mike would stay. But I don't know that the that smart thinking people who have Dalvin's long term uh, best interest at mind would say the same thing. What is the dead cap hit? Is there a dead cap hit? I don't have it in front of me. Maybe somebody can question. pull up yeah over the cap dot com. Also, who's in charge? Like if Doug right. Peterson is this team's head coach, right. if Kellen Moore is this team's head coach, I think the conversation, you know, is different depending on on who is in charge. But yeah, I think it's a valid conversation to have. But if the dead money is significant at all, I think Dalvin Cook is for sure back next year. But it goes back to just the idea overall. Do you pay a running back really good money? Like, should the Panthers have paid Christian McCaffrey? You know, should the Giants moving forward pay Saquon Barkley? It's a fair conversation to have with that particular position. By the way, I just got a tweet here. I think this is accurate from Saxy Atticus on Twitter. Hmm. It's been 692 days since the Vikings were above 500. Correct. 2019. That's right. Days, yeah. Yeah. They were Come not on. over 500 last year. They haven't been over hmm. 500 this year. 
So, yeah, mm. it was at some point during the 2019 season. Good God. Those were the days. Man. <laughs> well, let's talk about a real winner. Ignore that game last night, though. Although we will talk about that game last night because I have, I've, I have some positive takeaways from a couple losses recently later in the show. But the Timberwolves are uh, looking much better than maybe like three weeks ago when – I, don't know, I think we were all kind of out on D'Lo three weeks ago. I mean, he was 3 of 18 last night. But um, what are you sort of sensing around the Wolves right now? They have a really tough stretch of mostly playoff caliber opponents the next few weeks. It might make or break their season, quite frankly. But uh, do you feel like they have actually found something here, Doogie, that makes them competitive for real this time? Yeah, I think I, they have found something, Phil. I mean, heck, I think if they play like they did last night in Washington, they're going to win enough games play like they did against Indiana Philadelphia they will be plenty fine but yeah looking at the schedule I mean it's early January when they play the Oklahoma City Thunder I mean that's the next real layup so they don't have a layup here in the month of December but yes looking at the landscape of the Western Conference the way they've been playing the fact that they now have an identity they are a clear-cut really good defensive team although last night the dribble penetration kicked they're behind. Dude, Montrez Harrell had of, 10 yeah. dunks, 10 yeah. dunks last night. By the way, I take Montrez Harrell in a Wolves uniform next year. I believe he's Dude, an unrestricted free agent as soon as oh. next summer. Dude, he's you so know, the good. Wolves should be in a position to have their full mid-level. I would offer him that full mid-level. Same agent as Anthony Edwards. Maybe you can play that game. Uh, I would imagine Montrez Harrell uh, wouldn't necessarily be looking to come to Minnesota, but if I'm the Wolves, that's a guy I pursue God, could you summer. Could you have Harrell... Could you, like, financially and, and lineup-wise, could you have Harrell, Naz Reed, and Jared Vanderbilt all under the same roof in the same rotation? Or is well, that, I would think too you'd much... probably move on from one of those guys. You know, like, Naz Reed doesn't play defense. You know, I mean, they, they have different skill sets. I mean, I think, could the three coexist? Could you spread out the minutes? Yeah, I think you could. I mean, you know, Vanderbilt can guard multiple positions, and, you know, just his energy is contagious. So, yeah, do I think all three could be in the same roster? I think so, but I would imagine if, if there was a path to, to legitimately obtaining Harrell that you would move on from one of those guys, probably Nas Reed. I got one question. The the trade that the Lakers made, which was Westbrook went uh, from Washington to Los Angeles and what, Kuzma, uh, Harrell, Am yeah, I Caldwell Pope? Who yeah. Am I wrong in saying? Line? Yeah. Am I wrong in saying what were the Lakers thinking there? Like, I like Westbrook and he's good, but like that's a lot of talent. The Lakers also had a chance to get Buddy healed instead of Russell Westbrook, and they like interesting, super weird all but around. I mean, well, like, like that changed the the dynamic of, of that franchise, right? LeBron, a player, Westbrook, not a GM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's my guy, Rob Palenka, the former agent running the Lakers front office. He used okay. to represent Tyus Jones. So I got to know Rob relatively well during the pre-draft process with Tyus. He was here in town for, for the Tyus Jones draft party that I was at. Uh, but that's LeBron, right? I mean, that's AD and LeBron. Sure, I'm just... You know, going to Rob and making the recommendation. But yeah. yes, Tommy Shepard, who's a really good dude, who runs the Washington Wizards, he is the front runner to be executive of the year based on the... On the shrewd coaching hire, Wes Unsell Jr., then making that transaction, bringing in those three guys, Kuzma, Contavious, Caldwell-Pope, and Montrezl Harrell. I mean, the Wizards are a legit top four, top five team in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, what you're alluding to, Judd, yeah, yeah, pretty asinine because 
the Lakers have all sorts of warts. Like, the Lakers are going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. The question is, like, are they above the seventh seed or will the Lakers be oh, stuck man. in the play-in tournament? Yeah. So when I say playoff team, like, I don't even know how to how to quantify exactly. Like, if the Timberwolves end up as the nine or the ten seed, let's say they are one and done. Banner. Do we consider that? Banner. Banner. Get the flag. Yeah. Get the flag, Judd. Get the flag. Even though you'd be in the lottery. Wave the flag. That's right. You'd be in the lottery, though. Like, if you're one and done, you're in the lottery, which might not be a bad thing with the talk, way the draft talk is Talk to the pennant, dudes. Talk to the pennant. Talk yeah. to the pennant. Don't talk to me. But I'm just you, saying, like, I imagine the Wolves would celebrate being in the play-in tournament as a playoff berth. Yeah. But I'm uh, getting to, you know, the Lakers may not be better than a, a seven seed, but this Wolves run, Phil, is is really fun. Like, they legitimately defend. You're right. A few weeks ago, you know, maybe you more so than me, but, yeah, I've never been a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. I will say, I still think the Warriors won that trade. Like, there's a lot of Wolves fans the last few weeks saying, see, the Wolves won that trade. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, find me more than a couple league executives. If you took a poll – of 30 league executives, I think 28 would tell you that the Warriors won that trade. Wiggins has been good for them. They got Jonathan Kaminga, who's a really intriguing young prospect. The Wolves had to give up that first-round pick. And I'll remind people, like, I was on board. At the time of the trade, I said that was a trade I would have made, that it was time to move on from Wiggins here, that the price to pay when you move a contract like that typically is a future first-round pick, that D'Angelo is Cat's guy. Like I said at the time, that was a good trade. But by no means can I sit here now and say because Russell's been great this year. And I'm not denying that. He's been phenomenal defensively. He's been phenomenal offensively. But I can't sit here after this little three-week run and say, okay, now the Wolves won that trade. I'm sorry. The Wolves did not win that trade. If he figures out uh, whether it's the ball or if he figures out his shot at some point, then it'll it'll be even another Yeah, but he's been good in the clutch. Like, in, if you go back a couple years, he's been as good as any player, heck, you know, darn yeah. near league-wide. In terms I've seen of the stats. Statistics. Yeah, they're out yeah. there. You can find them. I mean, he's been a really, really good clutch player. And if you trust the defensive metrics, he's been one of, if not their best defensive player so far this year. So, Doogie, with, uh, you know, the, the, the lockout deadline pending the last couple days the Timberwolves or I'm sorry the twins going through the grocery store and like all right we got we get the Buxton's the big purchase let's take Buxton to the checkout counter and uh you know we'll 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 drop a hundred million dollars on that but they couldn't resist the used three dollar DVD bin right next to the checkout (laughs) counter former number four overall pick Dylan Bundy who did have a good season in the lockout or the the lockout the uh COVID shortened 2020 year um, he actually was ninth in Cy Young Award voting in the American. Okay, so he but... was good for two months. Right. Exactly. Like I'm sorry, this is I, a cl- I don't this is a, a classic say, okay. twin signing. Classic twin signing here. You know what? I'm not bothered by it though. It's really a one year commitment. If he blows us away, I guess the <laughs> the option for 2023 is an asinine. You know, at what 11 or 12 million dollars? It's somewhere in my notes. I think it's what 12 million. Maybe it's 11 million. He's guaranteed $5 million. Like, that doesn't bother me. Like, Jordan Lyles, who the Twins had some interest in, but they absolutely preferred Bundy. Like, they didn't want Lyles over Bundy. You know, Jordan Lyles late last night agreed to terms with the Baltimore Orioles. One year, $7 million. Like, I'd rather have Dylan Bundy than Jordan Lyles. I did text with a high-ranking Twins official last night. 
he claims that they see something. My guess is it's the slider. You know that of they course can, they do. They can fixate on <laughs> that. They feel like there's a lot more to unearth from Dylan Bundy. You figure, you know, if we are going to have a full season, that's who knows. <laughs> uh, Dave St. Peter is optimistic. I talked to him yesterday at the Bucks compressor, but I don't blame him for being optimistic. But uh, if they are going to have a full season next year, like the Twins are going to need, Phil, what, 10 starters, 11, 12 starting pitchers. So he can be one of their 10, 11, or 12. He can slot in, you know, opening day as their number four or number five. They know they need to do more. They've been in on Carlos Rodon. They have talked trade, I know, with the Marlins the Reds, the A's, and certainly more. But those three teams for sure. So I think a trade could still be coming. I'm not quite sure I'd bet on them landing Carlos Rodon because I think enough other teams are interested where I just don't know if they'll go as high as some other teams. But I think more moves are certainly coming. Yeah, but the, the problem there is when. Because now, well, <laughs> now, now, now they can't. So like, like are, are we going to see those moves in May? Are we going to see those moves in March? And so... Uh, you tell me, Judd. I mean, so here, Manfred's so dude, come out and said he's optimistic. The yeah, he's full season, of crap. But, like, um, Judd, they've been talking about this freaking lockout for years. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, there Rod were Man- a lot of people talking Doogie. about the last one or Doogie. two years. But no joke. Like, Doogie, listen to me. Listen to me. Came up. Doogie, listen to me. Rob Manfred was hired to orchestrate this lockout. He's in place for this purpose. This is why he was hired. Ladies and gentlemen, if you care about baseball, get your head around this. They don't care about you. Rob Manfred was hired for this purpose. He wasn't hired because he cares about baseball. He's hired to break the Players Association as much as he can, which is why this is going to be a long, drawn-out, ugly process. Um, so, like, I all agree. the talk about, yeah. oh, they're coming back. No, they're not coming back. Just get yeah, no, used I echo to it. everything you're saying. This is going to take a while. It's not like they even had to lock them out. Right, but you're right. This was all by design. Yeah. This lockout was easy to see many, many months ago. And yeah, while there's optimism from St. Peter, from Manfred, from others, that we will have a full 162 game season, until I see more, hear more, yeah, I don't know. This thing may extend into March, April, May. It absolutely could. All right, rapid fire scoops here, dudes, before we say goodbye. I just got off a of Zoom fill with Zach Anixted, the former Gophers quarterback. It's a situation where, so he played in 2018, gets hurt. He's a competitor. He wants to play, but he bleeds maroon and gold. His dad played for the Gophers. His brother, Brock Anikstead, is on the Gophers. You've seen him return punts. He's got nothing but love for the Gophers. He said he had a couple really good conversations with P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck understands this. He's still super tight with Tanner Morgan. There's no hurt feelings. He just wants to play, and he's open-minded. Like, if it happens to be an FCS school, like, heck, it'd be cool to see him at St. Thomas if he wants to stay in town. But there are some Power 5 schools that have interest, including at least one Big Ten school. So from a storyline standpoint, he didn't want to tell me exactly who, but, like, I can look at the Illinois roster and tell you Brett Bielema needs a quarterback. You know, heck, I can look at Scott Frost's roster in Lincoln and tell you, you know what, Nebraska could use a quarterback. There's some others. You know, but those are two teams on the Gophers schedule next year. So, you know, while we'll see Jerry Kill open up the Gophers schedule next year, you know, on on the other sideline with New Mexico State, I wouldn't mind if at some point, middle of the season, Zach Anikstead starts a game against the Gophers. But we have a long way to go to get to that point. He's only been in the transfer portal for about 96 hours. 
or so. His phone is blown up. So there's a lot of interest. So it's not like he's landing for sure at a Big Ten school. He will make up his mind before the month is over, and he'll head to his new school early January for winter workouts. Another go for football note, commit Spencer Alvarez. So, Phil, we have National Signing Day for football fast approaching December 15th. So right now the Gophers have about 15 commits, five in-state kids. That number will grow here in the coming days. But one of the five from Minnesota is a tight end from Columbia Heights. It's not like the Gophers have recruited Columbia Heights Mm. High School very often. So cool story when Columbia Heights develops a Big Ten player. kid by the name of Spencer Alvarez, he has a knee injury. He underwent MCL surgery recently, so he will miss the basketball season. The good news is, He'll be okay for winter workouts. He'll head to campus early for, for spring ball. But, yeah, Gophers commit Spencer Alvarez undergoing recent knee surgery. Awesome. There it is. Darren Doogie Wolfson. Reckless Speculation Thursday. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. You can find him on 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, scorenorth.com. We'll see you next week, sir. Sounds good. Jed, I'll be bonding. Well, I don't know if we'd be bonding with you, but I'll be bonding with the Wolfson boys at the Wild game tonight. Oh, we'll be there. Nice. Good. Yeah. yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. Well, the devil. You want to buy me a Surly? Uh, we'll be yeah, in the, the club devils. level. Find me in the club level. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, for sure. Right Beautiful. All right. There okay. he is. Thank you. See you, boys. Doogie you find me. Wolfson. Speculation. <laughs> you find me. One Surly for oh, one of the man. Wolfson boys' chicken tenders. I think that's like a like a half fair trade. Maybe one basket. That's a good trade off. You know? Yeah. Surly for it's a chicken tender? No, not not for me. Not for uh, you. Seems bad I'm a barding man. Yeah, you are. You are very good at that. All right, so uh, last night the Timberwolves played uh, a game in Washington, D.C. Hey, listen, that's, you know, we're trying to do what we want to do and go where we want to go. It's, you got to play You got to play and beat these teams. And um, a lot of them are against uh, first-time opponents for us, too, or Eastern Conference opponents. So uh, it's good. You know what I mean? You know, we played well enough at times. You, know, you know, we didn't play our best game tonight, but we, we certainly played well enough to win this game at times. And, um, you know but they, they deserve to win it because they, they basically beat us to the punch on uh, most of the 50-50 stuff. So I'm guessing Judd probably watches that game last night and thinks the sky is falling. Oh, oh no. Gosh, Are you the kidding? Wolves, the Wolves got beat. They blew it down the stretch. What was your panic index watching that game last Zero. night? Zero. Why? Why would I be panicked about it? Oh, well, you, what, wait, you wait. Said, when you did Kat... say this in all caps text yeah, before Kat went yeah. down saying, Carl... He threw because he threw another bad pass. I'm sick of those bad <laughs> passes. He was those great. Blind pass. Oh no, he was fantastic. He can score. He's great. But I'm just saying he he makes passes sometimes that you're just like, what the hell? But then he got hurt, and I was concerned. But my like panic about the mm. loss zero. No, sorry, sorry. I tell you if I'm panicked, I complain yeah. when I'm panicked. I'm just not. No, I'll believe it. you, and I say good because you shouldn't be panicked. I think. No. I, I think our first instinct sometimes with this franchise is because we because we've seen it so many times. We're like, okay, all right, things look like they might be like you're you're sort of it's like you're walking out onto the ice, you know, on a lake yeah. for the for the first freeze, and you're trying to feel it out. Like, okay, I think the franchise is kind of back. Okay, you know, let me put my toe over here. Oh, look, they started ten and eight a couple years ago under Ryan Saunders, and then boom, like you fall through the ice. <laughs> Lose eleven straight games, mm-hmm. and so like when they lose a game last night, you're. I think there's a lot of Wolves fans that are like, "Oh God, is this is this going to be an eight game losing streak?" But I am here to tell you, with yeah. full positivity, there's actually some great things to be learned 
in a couple of the losses recently. And yeah, yeah, grab the damn flag. Wave the damn flag. There we go. Yes. Positivity. Whoa, yes. Positivity. Get your positivity here. 25 cents. Get your positivity. <laughs> positivity. <laughs> positivity. Who wants a free t-shirt? I got fear. I got peanuts. I got problems. I got positivity. Get your positivity. Peanuts, popcorn, positivity. Peanuts, popcorn, Pepsi, and positivity. So let's start with, so there's there's two losses recently that I that I came away from thinking, that stings. That's a buzzkill, but wow, this is a different team. Sure. So the Suns game three weeks ago, they were up five points with like three minutes to go on what we now have seen is the best team in the NBA. And they and they were, by the end of last season, the Suns were very much one of the two or three best teams in the NBA. Hell, they had a 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals. And, and they've come back from, I'm sure, a terrible taste in their mouths. Uh, they've won 17 games in a row now, including that win over the Wolves a few weeks ago. And the Wolves were up five points with three minutes to go against that Suns team. And Devin Booker did not have a bad hamstring in that game like he did against the Warriors a couple nights ago. Chris Paul was playing at full strength in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference is in those last three minutes, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and the Suns know exactly who they are. They know exactly the shots they want to get, how to get those shots, how to dissect an opponent. And the Wolves are still sort of feeling that out. Uh, so I came away from that loss thinking, that's a buzzkill loss, but it's a good sign. And then last night, so the Wizards, you know, for people that haven't paid attention to the first month of the NBA season, the Wizards made a really savvy trade, dumping Russell Westbrook and then bringing in Montrez Harrell, bringing in uh, Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma. And it's, uh, it has breathed new life into the franchise. Um, and they've started out really hot. They're several games above 500. You're playing on the road. And by the way, no Pat Beverly, no Jaden McDaniels, and multiple guys also like dealing with flu symptoms or coming off of like having had the flu within the last 72 hours, including Anthony Edwards and Jared Vanderbilt. And Anthony Edwards, didn't Doogie say? Who, who, was it Doogie that reported? He had to like travel separately from the team. Declan told us that. Yeah, he, the, he was like uh, traveling team. separately on the morning of like yesterday okay, morning. That, he had to travel separately. A, it is reckless speculation Thursday, and that's a Declan scoop right there. So he like was maybe not going to make the trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He didn't make the trip, then he did. And so you're you're shorthanded, and you're you're sort of ravaged by this flu, and your defense is not dialed in for that reason, and for just you know other reasons. And you give up ten dunks to Montrez Harrell, something like fifty five or sixty points in the paint for the whole game, and yet they're tied with a few minutes to go. They're not and and D'Lo shot three of eighteen last night. Yeah, it was awful. And, and they still agree. find ways to just sort of be in that game. Yep. And even have the lead at times in the second half. Yep. And I'm not exonerating them. Like, yeah, like they, if if D'Lo makes a couple more shots, they probably win the game. Um, if they, I don't know, put a body on Montrez Harrell a couple more times, if if Cat could get in there, and you know, there's, I'm not exonerating them. I'm not, not saying that they deserve uh, no criticism, but. I've learned a lot in those two losses, and I take away a lot of positives, and it makes me feel better that there's not like an eight-game oh losing streak oh on the horizon. Oh, no eight-game right. losing streak. Let's get it, baby. No eight-game losing streak. Wave the flag. Wave the flag. Positivity. 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 Optimism free. Maggie and John. That's my thought.
No, I'm with you totally. I, I look. I think that this team is a different team. I think woo, this team is a this team is a fun a fun team. And the most important thing might be this: they're interesting. Like there are things to glean. Like like you don't watch them lose now and just think, oh my god, what a train wreck! This guy stinks and that guy stinks. So yeah, I am not. I am in no way off off the defeat that I watched last night. Like oh, that's a unacceptable loss Mm -hmm. and and look my expectations for the vikings are high because they should be i'm not going to like apply the same expectations to it to the wolves yeah they're 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 a few levels back in the video game my expectations (laughs) for the wolves are wait and see and, and are they improving and the answer to are they improving is absolutely so yeah no they're a they are a fun team are they flawed yes uh, but they certainly have some star talent. Cat, I, I mean, Phil, you're right. Cat was, for the most part, great last night. Um, Ant has games where he's great. Delo's definitely improved. You know, I, I think, he, yeah, because he made, what, three three-pointers he, last night? He was three, three of 18. 18 from the field. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that wasn't good. But, yeah, I, I am I am in no way, shape, or form down on th- this team because of an arbitrary loss in Washington on, on a uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, I, I want to say something about D'Lo, too. And I think I have a feeling there's been a lot of uh, feedback coming through the Score North app that we'll get to on D'Lo. That, so we'll, we can carve out some time to talk more about D'Lo on tomorrow's show. But sure. he has been excellent as a passer, excellent as even a defender, like, you know, he's not Bruce Bowen in his prime, like, you know, he's not going to win NBA defensive player of the year, but he's been much more engaged, much, much more of a communicator on defense. Mm-hmm. I would just say in general, he has stepped his game up as a leader and as a conductor. And he has, you know, Doogie has reported for months and months and months that D'Lo and Ryan Saunders did not really see eye to eye, that they just, they kind of butted heads. They, you know, they just, I don't know. They didn't see it the same way, but, he obviously is buying into whatever Chris Finch and some of the assistants are selling to the point where he has become this all-encompassing sort of conductor on the court when he's out there. And even last night, when he, he's, he's got to figure out a way to knock down some more shots on a regular basis. He has started off 38% from the field on the season, and again, 3 of 18 last night. There's just been a lot of games like that where oh, he's just, he can't make shots. I don't think that's going to be a long-term problem. I think it's going to come around, and when it does, then maybe we see the most complete Watch version out. of D'Lo out. that we've seen. But he deserves – I tweeted out, and I don't know if this is going to make old tweets exposed today or not, but uh, I tweeted out a few weeks ago, I'm out on D'Lo, not a winning player. It made old tweets exposed. It did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll – Oh, okay. wait a minute. Well, let's just get into old tweets exposed. Yeah, we have it ready. Okay. Now right. we know. So I'll let me ramble for a minute, and then you pull up old tweets exposed. Um, I was probably wrong a little early, a little early to the uh, jump on that take is what I'm saying. I want to see the season play out. I don't want to see these three for eighteen performances. But when he goes three for eighteen and still dishes a bunch of assists, and right? He's running the offense right. and he's grabbing rebounds even, and he's playing defense like. And that's kind of, you know, that's what I like about Anthony Edwards, too. When Andrew Wiggins used to go three for 18, he'd grab you two rebounds, no assists, and he would just basically be a zombie. When these guys have a bad shooting night, they're still super engaged and they're active and they're impacting the game in other ways. If D'Lo plays defense and struggles 
with a shot, it's far easier to accept. Yes. Yes. It's that right. simple. All right, old tweets exposed here. So, all right, go ahead. Actually, kind of a kind of a two parter. Uh, November eighth, so <laughs> three weeks ago, the Timberwolves basically the same thing every night since two thousand four. And then the I'm good on D'Lo. He's not a winning player. One of the quickest <laughs> turnarounds in old tweets exposed you've ever what? had. I don't. Which loss was that, Phil? I don't know. One of them. <laughs> Who knows? November eighth. Three weeks. It wasn't even a month ago. And then not too. I'm not going to crown him yet, but I'm willing to admit that I was probably a little early on that. one. And then November thirtieth, I'm definitely willing to be wrong on that one. So I mean, you, you I hope, self reflection. Yeah, yeah. self reflection. That tweet didn't age well, Phil. When are you guys going to admit that you were? I wrong. love that comment though. That tweet didn't age well. That's my guy. Uh, that's my guy. I used to fight with him about. Andrew Kirk Wiggins all the time. I was right about Andrew Wiggins, by the way. And I'm not saying that I was totally wrong about D'Lo. I still think the future of this franchise centers around Anthony Edwards much more than anybody sure. else. But it doesn't mean that D'Lo can't be a wonderful piece to the puzzle here. So, all right, well, what else we got? I'm not the only one that tweeted something stupid at no. some point. God, no. Guessing. Well, Miko Koivu uh, is getting his number retired, so I figured I'd go and find some Koivu takes from Judd and myself, being the hockey connoisseurs we are. It's sure. from uh, Judd Zolgat on March 28, 2015. Vanek might be up to 20 goals, but the guy whose turnarounds impressed me the most is Koivu. That backhanded goal was a thing of beauty. 2015, Koivu dude, was still wow. good then, what yeah. What a fraud, dude. What a fraud. Yeah, no, Koivu, and in Koivu's prime, he was a good player. I love the dig. There's at, no question about maybe, it. Maybe you should admit that you were wrong about Koivu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, 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 I, I, I wasn't you, wrong. You wanted Koivu out of the organization, and now he's being celebrated as... I know. Well, you know what? A jersey worth hanging in the raft. Franchises make mistakes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dig at my, the best the part dig about at that entire thing, the dig at Vanek was deserved. It was necessary. And I'd do it again. I wasn't, I wasn't upset. Yeah, I saw him at, the, at right. uh, the local Woodbury Champs the day before he signed with Minnesota with Mike Yo on the patio. I remember that. Very oh, vividly. at that Woodbury Champs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so you had a scoop. I looked, I looked right over. Oh, there's Mike Yo. Mike, and Mike Yo, like the most noticeable, bald human being of all time. Um, yeah, I probably tweeted it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I did. I, I did have a scoop. I did have a scoop. Even Good before job, uh, when I was still in college, coming home Vanek. for the summer, watching Vanek, thinking that was going to be uh, – the missing piece, the wild need. Boy, was oh, that there. Thomas Vanek, 250 career NHL goals. Is there a more hollow 250 goals well, in NHL well, history? You know, in Buffalo, he was he a was very pretty damn good, good player. He was really good, and it just yeah, fell off right. the proverbial cliff. So I will give him, in his in his prime again, he was a really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those years, like, those like Lindy Ruff, Buffalo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Last time Buffalo was relevant, Ruff. basically. Yes. Right? Lindy Ruff, who coaches now? The Devils. The Devils. The Devils. Capo Kakinen getting back-to-back starts for the Wild tonight, by the way, against is the he? Devils. Yeah, he is. Dino's going back to Capo. First time all season he's getting back-to-back Something starts. Something wrong with Cam? No. Just Capo deserves to start. And the Devils are... Uh, the, okay. So all makes right. a lot hockey, of sense. The hockey, right. the hockey whisperer told you... Watch out for mm. Cam Talbot. He's just a guy. Just a guy. But the whisperer did come through with some very negative. Very negative. Just a guy. <laughs> uh, you weren't the only one who had a Koivu take. This from me on March 20th, 2013. Nobody in the NHL has more points and a better plus minus than Miko Koivu since March 3rd. Who still thinks he's not a top line center? Look at you, you know, guys, man. Not, But in 2013, Dex, again, I don't like... He was really good back then. He's just not he a solid. player whose jersey number you retire. I think that there's a difference here. Like, I don't think that's a bad tweet at the time. 
I really don't. I mean, I'm using I'm points and you. plus minus for a, like a 20 game stretch as yeah. why he's a top line center when when he yeah. clearly was unlike maybe Phil, a second who line just center. raced Correct. to to go after poor Delo after some <laughs> November 8th game. I want to see what game that was. What caused yeah. me? Let's see here. I'm sure we talked about it the next day, and you bemoaned it and said the Timberwolves. Well, I, I don't change. like, and and I said just wait for Finchie. Finchie, Finchie's got, Finchie's got this. I, I don't want like a, okay a three for eighteen performance. He's he he is a much better complete player now Talk than, it he, out, than he was last Talk year. It but it three out. for eighteen, like I, I know. Come on, I know, Phil. what are we doing? Get it all out. No, it's I'm okay. not gonna. Okay, and so November eighth. November eighth. What do you got? Okay, that oh, that was the loss to Memphis. That's oh, when Memphis. that's when they so when hard. Towns hit like a forty five footer to yep. send the game to overtime. Yeah, oh, that's right. And uh, D'Lo dropped thirty in that game, but I think I was mad about just some of the the chucking that happened in that game. He gets a little. Sometimes he can get a little. You know, it's my turn. It's oh, my yeah. turn. Absolutely. But overall, he has been a uh, wonderful catalyst for Timberwolves wins this year. Yeah, I think so. His, uh, his shooting this season is what has mostly like, he's had three games. I'm just going to go through some of the games. Mm-hmm. He had a one for eight in that ridiculous loss to Orlando. Um, Three for 18 last night. He had a three for 16 against the Pelicans in one of those games in the loss to the Pelicans. He had a three for 14. He had a six for 19 in that blowout win over the Spurs. Think about that. They beat the Spurs by 25 points in a game in which D'Lo went six for 19. Like they're they're win and they won. They beat the Pelicans when he went three for 16 in a blowout too. It's because of the ball. So when he starts to come around, well, it is. I mean, a lot of players. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is one of them. I'm with these guys. Hasn't made a shot all year. That was my my problem. Now, in retrospect, I got a bad basketball. That's that's why you went 0 for 27. The the, the day I was keeping the ball up. (laughs) <laughs> on YouTube. Now it turns out I was I was subject to a bad basketball. Yeah. That's D-Lo, gotta be it. D-Lo, well let's do D-Lo let's dad? why don't you pick the ball that you want and let's go do the twenty seven three point challenge. Oh, I've got, got a lot going on. Got a thing. My rotator cuff. I'll get Judd down in the paint and Judd can just kiss it off the glass each time. How about that, Judd? Can you get the ball up off the glass? That means I have to jump. You know what? With, oh man. With my weight loss, I I can jump a little bit now, so perhaps I could get the ball. Well, you got you either got to take threes, you have to glass. get underneath the hoop. Well, you got, you got, got those two options. I, I play defense, Dex. In retrospect, you should have, because, I don't know, you, you were unable to get enough, like, arc on your shot to make it to the hoop from three-point. I think a granny shot would have served you better. I think you would have been Barry able to get the ball from there. the free-throw line? Yeah. They yeah. told Shaq Swallow to. your pride. That's what they told Shaq to do. He wouldn't do it. No. I'd rather shoot 40% than damage my pride by finding a new motion that works. <laughs> I feel like the most important thing is we – we j- just had very, very uh, productive Wolves talk th- therapy for Phil, which is the most important thing. Because I feel like if you can talk your feelings out after games, it really it's does. Very help. important. You know, something else I've noticed, like in these D'Lo conversations yes. with my friends on Twitter, people <laughs> think that you and I, Judd, your friend, care more about like being right. Like if we criticize someone, right? People think that like, oh, you just want Kirk Cousins to fail. No, no, I don't want D'Lo, Kirk Cousins. I want these teams to win championships. But if they aren't performing up to expectations or if, you know, if there's a night where, you know, they go three of 18 from the field or something, huh? it's, oh, I'm not gonna well, when it comes to the Wolves, 
I think I think you can dumb it down enough when it comes to the Wolves where you just want them to be good. Yes, yes. Like, just be competitive. Be good. Like, you are right now finding positives, and I don't blame you for, from a loss because for years there there was nothing. That's because that's where uh, we're yes, at with the people, franchise. Yeah. But, but you are correct. People definitely think that our desire to be right is is why we spew the hot takes because in their a hot, mind— A hot take equals an opinion, by the way. Like yeah. People, People have taken the hot take thing so far in the last five or six years. Right. Like, that's a it's hot like take. fake news. Like, uh, no, it's an opinion. I, I, I didn't like that. That's fake news. Well, actually, no, it's no, real it's news, but you don't like the that's news. That's cancel culture. No, that's accountability. Yeah. No, you're is. correct. But, um, yeah, there there is a – I don't think it's fair to have what I like to call expectations. <laughs> for For anything or for the Wolves? For any sports team. I don't think it's unfair. Or I'm sorry, unfair. I don't think it's unfair to have. Or I don't think it's unfair to have expectations. And I mean, that's what we have, and that's what we should have. And for far too long in this town, there has been um, a feeling that expectations should should sort of be dumbed down to fit things. The I think the most optimistic and crazy thing about the Timberwolves so far this year, and other teams are dealing with this too because there's a lot of guys that just aren't shooting the ball well yet, but there's only one player on the roster that is overperforming their three-point percentage. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is shooting 44% from three, but he's a career 40% shooter, so it's only going to come down a little bit. Ant's probably right on at 35%. He's probably like a league-average three-point shooter right now. I could see that going up in the next couple years. But Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, and D'Angelo Russell all have not really found their three point shot for the for the totality of the season yet, and uh, that's and Tor- Torian Prince too. He's been a good three point shooter throughout his career. So if these guys start hitting threes, some of these games come down to like the Hornets hit nineteen threes and the Wolves only made Hold seven. On. Hold on, these guys start hitting threes. L O B. That's right. That's right. O B baby. Ray Allen. Steph Curry. Yep. Reggie Miller and Torian Prince when he gets hot, Damn hopefully right. on this road trip. The ring ceremony on what, October, what what day? October 22nd, 2022, the, before the Wolves tip off, <laughs> the ring ceremony for the LOB trophy. That's right. Oh, so there was a great, so Judd, have you watched any of these Tom Brady episodes yet? Not yet, no. Okay, so episode three came out a night or two ago, and I just I watched it this morning, and there's a a clip they're showing before the third Super Bowl championship when they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, before the game or like earlier that I think it was earlier that week in practice or something like in a meeting it was in some sort of like boardroom, so the the players were all sitting in there and Bill Belichick pulls out like a printed piece of paper. And the camera's kind of up in the corner, so you're kind of, it's hard to make out what he's saying exactly, but he said, all right, boys, so uh, saw this interesting piece of information that came out. The city of Philadelphia has already started planning the parade route for the Super Bowl, and he starts drawing it out. So it's going to go down Broadway Street here. They've got it going around this area and then taking a left on this street. And then it finishes over here in front of the whatever building. And then he and then he just, you know, and the team probably didn't even know that was happening. But Bill Belichick then goes, should we just let them do the parade? Do you guys even want to show up or what? And then, like, all of a sudden the room starts getting all 
buzzed and stuff. Uh, you guys got to watch this. I love. I've seen the first amazing. two. I, I haven't seen the third one. The first two you are. You don't think awesome. Zim, Zim would do the same thing? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Zim would do the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure he would. You like how this tastes? You like that? No, I'm good. All right, feedback Friday tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd, and don't forget Vikings vent line right after Vikings Lions. Win or lose, God help us if they lose that game. But Ventline will be oh, here no, for you no, on I Sunday. No. I don't even want to think about a loss to the Lions. We are daily Minnesota Ooh. sports therapy, entertainment. We're just here for you. Wolves therapy for Phil. Yep. As he talks through his feelings. Yep. 18 <laughs> reasons why last night's loss was more positive than the loss before <laughs> nope. that. Nope. 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 Not going to go there. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Mackie and Judd. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. With winter weather making it harder to stay active, here's a gift idea for the outdoor adventurer in your life, the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. The Allbirds Mizzle is designed for those who won't take snow for an answer, featuring built-in puddle guard technology to keep the winter wonderland where it belongs, not in your shoe. The weather-ready sole offers enhanced traction, so you go on winter runs with confidence, and it's made with premium ZQ Merino wool, a naturally insulating material that keeps your feet warm and sports a low environmental impact. Allbirds displays their carbon footprint right on the shoe, so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset the carbon footprint to zero, making their missile collection completely carbon neutral. So you can stay warm and dry while trading lighter. This holiday season, get on their nice list when you shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.